A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday, so it's time for the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Okay, Halloween joke. A guy's walking down the street, and behind him, he hears his thump, thump, thump. He looks behind him. It's a coffin. It's like, what the hell? So he speeds up his pace, and behind him, he hears thump, 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 thump. The coffin's following him. He starts running. Thump, 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 thump. The coffin's running after him. The guy's panicked. He runs to his house at the back door. His back door leads him into his bathroom, and uh, and the, the coffin's still behind him. And all he's got in his bathroom, he reaches for something to get some throat lozenges. I mean, all he can do is really just throw one at, and the coffin stops. Thank you. Wow, that one was uh, maybe the worst yet. Definitely not a keeper, very much a stinker, uh, not even for next Halloween. But thanks to Duff for continuing to send the best bad jokes ever. Love the laughs, and thanks to Duff for doing that. So while it may be a little late on the Halloween laughs, we're definitely getting the holiday movie preview to you right in time. It's almost Christmas. We got the lovely and talented Nikki Novak, my old friend, ex-Young Hollywood. Now she's with Fandango, one of the best celebrity interviewers. Uh, She's on the carpet all the time, interviewing for the biggest movie website in the world. She's got the 411 of the big movies coming to theaters this holiday season. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, which actually came out today, Murder on the Orient Express, Bad Mom's Christmas, The Greatest Showman, The Disaster Artist, Downsizing, and speaking of Guns N' Roses, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Nikki's also got some great stories about interviewing Harrison Ford and Johnny Depp and playing skee-ball with Seth Rogen. It's movie time coming up on Talk is Jericho. Christmas movie premiere right here. And you still got time to get your rock on with Fozzie if you live in the UK. The Judas Rising tour is rolling on through Europe. The shows have been insane and thanks to everyone who's come out so far. We just hit the London uh, hit the London at the Islington Academy last night. Uh, jam-packed that place. Every show has been jam-packed. And tonight, Friday, November 3rd, we return to the Corporation in Sheffield. Come on and rock with us. Then we go to Glasgow at the Garage on the 4th, Newcastle on the 5th at Riverside. 
Head over to mainland Europe after that. Netherlands, Amsterdam on the 7th. Aschaffenburg on the 8th. 9 is Pretel, Switzerland. Uh, 10 is uh, Trez, uh, Romani, uh, Roma, uh, Roma, Italy. It's kind of Milan. Then Roncade on the 11th. Roma's on the 12th. Vienna on 14. 15 is Munich. 16 is Essen. 17 is Hamburg. That one's almost sold out. Genk, Belgium on the 18th. We're doing VIP meet and greets and pre-show mini concerts for every stop on every show. And the Fozzy VIP experience is one of the best out there. You get to see some songs you're not going to hear the rest of the night. Hang out with the band. Get some stuff signed. Get some pictures taken all around. One of the best experiences you're going to have. Go to FozzyRock.com. Check out Fozzy VIP. And uh, speaking of VIP, let's give you some VIP rock and roll from the Judas album right now. This is Painless.
All right, Painless, that's the new one from Fozzie. It's on the Judas album, out now everywhere. iTunes, Amazon, Best Buy, FYE, all the usual rock and roll places, Newberry Comics. All right, let's get to the Christmas movie preview with Nikki Novak. Uh, but we'd not be able to do that if not for the great sponsors who make this show possible, including the new WWE 2K18 game. I recorded a bunch of audio stuff for that game, and you can play as Chris Jericho from this past year with The List. Or you can play as Chris Jericho from 2000 with the long hair. Seth Rollins is on the cover of the new game, and WWE 2K18 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before with hard-hitting action, excitement, new game modes, deep creation capabilities, and everything you've come to love from WWE 2K. And with those creation capabilities, you can even make your Jim Cornette player. Now, Jim Cornette had a great show here on Talk is Jericho uh, last week. WWE 2K18 also features the addition of eight-man matches, a new grapple carry system, thousands of new animations, a massive backstage area, and a brand new rendering engine that gives WWE 2K18 a visual overhaul, bringing the drama of WWE to life like never before. You can dominate the ring with tons of your favorite WWE, NXT, and legendary superstars. WWE 2K18 offers the most complete roster of the biggest and brightest WWE and NXT superstars and legends to ever grace a WWE ring. Also, be sure to check out the official WWE 2K18 in-game soundtrack, personally curated by executive producer Dwayne The Rock Johnson, available now on Apple Music. So to learn more about WWE 2K18, the best version of all, the best version yet, head on over to WWE.2K.com and pick it up now and play me. Play me against each other. That might be cool. Do it now. WWE.2K.com. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever rock and wrestling rager at sea. Picture this. Rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018 from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho. I'm here with Nikki Novak and uh, also Canadian, and she was apologizing because the email that we printed out, <laughs> she said she couldn't read her own writing, but it's printed, and then I'm apologizing because it's too small. I know. I was like, sorry, and you're the one who sorry. printed it out. Sorry. I only typed it. I know, and then I, I just printed out you what went, you typed, sorry. so we're apologizing to each other for nothing. But this is exciting because uh, Nikki and I known each other for years, uh, since your young yeah. Hollywood days. Yeah. We went on a stakeout once. We, we did. went and ate steak. We went and ate steak, but then we had a steak out. Well, what were we staking out before we staked out? I don't know if we even were staking anything out. We were just, like, just looking at random people walking by. We were. Well, was we it... were supposed to be on a stakeout, oh. but we were eating donuts. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we had the binoculars and Wasn't the donuts. There was, some, was there some guy on a skateboard or something? Or? There was... Yeah. I mean, I think it was in, we shot it in West Hollywood and I think there was some dodgy stuff going on that we didn't even know. I think we were actually really watching the stakeout. Talk about like, that would be great. Like the actual cops were pissed off at us because they were doing a real stakeout. Wait, this could be a movie. You realize two random people, or did they already do this? I feel like they already made this movie and I already think I know. I think it was actually called Stakeout. I think it might've been. U.S. Steves and Richard Dreyfuss. Like somebody, like they go on a, I should know this, but they go on a. What they think is uh, they're just two random dudes and they see a crime. I mean, it happens all the time in the movie. They see they see a crime, but... But they're yeah. you know, like Tropic Thunder where they go to make a movie about like... Tropic Thunder is one of my favorite movies great. of all Les, time. Les Moon... What was his name? Les Grossman? Les Grossman. Tom Cruise. <laughs> he had the fake forearms. Did you ever notice that? Oh, my gosh. So I just I just interviewed him for the first time. Really? 
Yes. And this is what I love about you because originally we, I just wanted to talk to you about all these interviews that you've done. Yeah. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about holiday movies, the, all the stuff coming out the before Christmas, the end of the year. Christmas movie pre- yeah. premiere is what we're yeah. going to do. Uh, but I want to hear the story about Tom Cruise though. So Tom Cruise, I don't know for you, but for me growing up was my like that to me is a movie star. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. To me too. Day. Yeah. And the more also you know about film and know about like the attention to detail that he puts into his film, put the personal life aside. I'm talking yeah. his movie Agreed. career, what he puts into his roles, how long he's been a movie star. If you actually go back through his body of work and all the all, all the iconic lines mm. from the last however many years, 30 years of film, 50% yeah. of them are Tom Cruise. Like he to me was and, – and I don't get starstruck for the most part, mm -hmm. like maybe two or three times. And it's usually people you don't expect, like they'll – Sir Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Yeah. Really had a presence. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'm drawing a blank on his name. You're so starstruck you can't even remember his name. Yeah, now I just sound stupid. <laughs> it's another sir. Go through the sirs Sir with Paul me. McCartney, Sir Mick Jagger, Sir – Edmund Hillary, uh, Sir, uh, Sir Psycho Sexy. Uh, uh, that's a Chili Pepper song. You probably didn't yeah. hear him. Um, anyway, no, I, I just, you know, there's certain people, they just walk walk in and they have a presence and yeah. you don't expect it and they unnerve you a little bit. Like John Hamm had that. Oh. Where he wasn't really my thing. I mean, women are like, he's so handsome. And I was like, yeah, too perfect for me. And he walks in and he was just like, it just blew me away. So handsome, yeah. You know, he just, it was just his way. Like certain people are just magnetic when you meet them in person. So Tom Cruise, like I thought, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be one of those things? You know, where you see somebody in person that you've idolized for so long and something's usually something will strike you about them that looks different from film. Like either they're really short, yeah. usually with actors, yeah. like, oh my gosh, are they ever short? You never realize that. And you don't realize that or their presence is smaller or they're just, there's something about them that's just so different. Something that just hits you right away. Mm -hmm. He is everything and more when you see him in person. Wow. It's partly that it's Tom Cruise and he mm -hmm. has that iconic face and that voice and you're just like, I can't believe I'm sitting in the room with him. But he really has that. Something. I um, did Good Morning America, and he was on it too. Um, and we got on an elevator together. I mean, there's a bunch of other people on there, but just him on the elevator. You're like, oh my gosh, it's Tom Cruise. You can't magnetic. stop looking, and this magnetic, this aura. And then this is where I, I really like appreciated him. All the people outside wait by the window. You know, they watch Good Morning America from the street, and he went out there and shook. And when I say he shook everyone's head too. He was out there for like half an hour. Just yeah. everybody, picture, yeah. sign, smile, laugh. Like that's above and beyond. That's above and beyond. And you know? actually, I should say, I did I did meet him once before. And it was the same thing. It was Rock of Ages. It was backstage. A friend of mine was in the show. When they were, meaning like the, the, the play, the play yeah, yeah. not the, the film. He was there to research because oh, he was yeah, going to yeah. do the Stacey Jacks character, right. which was another one of my favorite characters that he did. And he was backstage. He came he backstage. I know. You forget, yeah. Oh, he was so good. Yeah, that was like up there with Les Grossman for me. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, he just like, same thing. He he was backstage. Everybody, all the eyeballs are on him and he knows that. So rather than making everybody awkwardly come over and have five people out of the 20 people in the room ask for a picture or whatever, he just circulated. He was like the mayor. He just went around and shook hands and he has that thing where when he looks at you and shakes your hand, you're like, I'm the only person in the universe. <laughs> that, I think we made though. a connection. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, that's a trick. Really. That's like, a like Lars from Metallica is like that. 
Like when you talk to him, yeah, he's you can tell he's listening and looking yeah. you in the eye. Yeah, that's something that like true. I'm not to say it's fake, but true pros about how to make people feel comfortable know how to do. Yeah, that. well, and this is the thing: is people always ask me, "Oh, what was so and so like?" So and so like. Usually the actors, like the Will Smiths of the world, the people that have been in the business the longest are the nicest. Because yes. number one, they're not struggling anymore. Yeah. They don't need to prove anything. They're over that initial, they've been through the highs and the lows of the career. They're over themselves. Yeah. They know that it can go away in a second. They're happy to be working. And there's a reason why people keep working with those people. They're generally nice to people. I've always noticed that. The biggest names yeah. are always the coolest. Always the coolest. It's the mid-level ones that have attitudes. Or the new ones. Or the new ones, it's, right. It's sometimes like the early 20s actors and actresses that, you know, they're just, they're new and they don't know. Or yeah, the YouTubers. Yeah. Sorry, YouTubers. But the YouTubers <laughs> are the worst. They come in with an entourage and they think they have to be a certain way. Right. And Coming it's in like, with an entourage? Oh, Yeah. Because they think they're supposed to do that. And I think the longer you've been in the business, the more you want all the entourage away. You're just like, I want to be anonymous. I want to just come in and do my job. Because you're not not famous for anything. Like that's one thing. Like I'm not – like once again, not cutting down anybody that's YouTube and has, you know, 100 million subscribers. That's awesome. But I find that the reason that most people are cool is because they've been through the grind and the ups and downs and the – getting rejected for parts or, mm-hmm. or, or, or not, you know, whatever it may be like, like the guys in steel Panther, are the nicest guys, because they were guys that had been playing in bands for years, yep. never made it. And their last ditch ever was just put together this fun, stupid band and not even give a shit anymore. Totally. Suddenly they're playing arenas, but they're not jerks. They understand how lucky they are to be there and appreciate it. Wait, I have to ask, you know, we're going on a total tangent. We're all over the place. We love it. But have you ever met Bono? One time in Tokyo, I met Bono. And how was he? Because I've never met him. You too. It was my band. I've never met him. And I don't know if I want to meet him because he's that big a hero to me. Okay. Here's what I did. This was back like in the mid 90s when I was like, you know, rocker, you know, I was like, yeah, we went to Hard Rock Cafe in Tokyo and Bono was there. And I was like, hey, there's Bono. I'm going to go tell him that U2 sold out. Like, you know, whatever happened, the real U2, what's up with all this zoo TV stuff? You know, you know, tell him what I think. Yeah, go tell him. I go up to him. And as I get closer, it's like a tractor beam of vibe. And, and, and I walk up to him. He's with a – I don't even know how I was able to even get that close to him. But I was like, hey, Bono. And he looks at me. I love you. Uh, yeah, like, you're awesome. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Felt completely apart. In the yeah. presence of I, I have thought about many times. Have you ever? I don't. Do you have like a number one person that you've never met that you've always wanted to meet, or have you met everybody? Well, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. Like I could tell you stories, but McCartney's the one for me. And have you met him? Well, kind of at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I kind of forced myself on him to meeting him until he finally asked me who the hell I was and to leave him alone. Not in a bad way, but in a very polite way. But that's the guy I would love to have a conversation. I would love yeah. to have him on this show. You know? Yeah. How about you? That was my guy. That's oh, my guy. Oh, no, Bono, Bono's, Bono, Bono. Bono's my person. And I i don't know if you do this where I have mental conversations with him <laughs> where I've planned out what I would say. Like, do I just – because the second – and I know this from interviewing celebrities. The second you fan out, you're no done. longer on the level. You're yes. done. And they want to get as far away from you yes. as possible. Or they just want to answer your questions. But they're never going to sort of like – but if you're just cool and you're just – like you just have a conversation. So my whole thing is I need Bono to know he changed my life. But I don't need him but to know because then it? it would ruin. Right. And how many times has he been told that? Yeah. And then it becomes one of those things where what can they say but thank you? And it doesn't go anywhere. So I've had these mental like 
I'm planning for the day and I'm sure that's going to happen to me if it ever happens. It will. Yeah, I'll just lick his shoes or something. <laughs> no, no, I just want to <laughs> love you. So we're talking about uh, and a great segue of licking shoes to uh, movies. <laughs> Why wouldn't you use that? It's the, uh, uh, the Christmas movie uh, preview. Yeah. And we're going to talk about all these great movies that are coming out. And I've, you've seen some of these. I've seen some of them. I haven't seen all of them. So I'm not going to lie to you and okay. tell you that I've seen some well, things. But I know a lot of buzz. Because you're, 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 you're in the biz. You're in the know. Well, that's my job. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you work for Fandango. Yeah, I work for Fandango. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, number one, if I do junkets, we get to see the film before it comes out. Um and, you know, other times you just get to see it because they offer you screenings mm. because I'm going to be talking about film and they want, right, they want you, you know, know, they want you to know, especially if it's a good movie, they'll oh. let you see it earlier and earlier and uh. earlier than normal. It's like a whole trick. If they hold, if they don't hold a press screening till like a week before. You know, it's a stinker. It's a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know how this happened, but I'm on like the, uh, maybe because I'm in SAG where they send you the copies of the movies, like for your consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Send them my way. Thanks. Oh, but they're, always, <laughs> they're always the bad ones though. Like it's like, you know, Shakespeare in love. I'm not going to watch Shakespeare. What in love. do you mean? Bad ones. Totally Shakespeare should in love. not have won best picture that year. What? Wait, there was another movie Saving that year. Private Ryan. Was it that year? Yeah. Did not win because Shakespeare in love won. And I watched Shakespeare in love just to see it was not as good. Okay, like we're it. gonna get into a whole thing. I love this because I don't even really know your movie taste. You don't, and 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 by design, I didn't really tell you a lot I of know, info. And I know, I know. You had a lot of courage to come because you're like, what kind of a vibe do we have? This is the vibe. This is I the love vibe it. That we have. I love it. Before and... we move on, I want to know what's your favorite Tom Cruise movie. Oh my gosh, that's really really tough. Um, I mean, his favorite, my favorite performances of his are different from my favorite movies, like right. Tropic Thunder. The Les Grossman. Amazing. And the Stacey Jacks from Rock of Ages, which Rock of Ages was not my favorite movie, but I liked it a lot better than most people did. I actually thought it was a really good movie. I think there were too many expectations on it. Right, right, right. Um, But weirdly, like Jerry Maguire is one of those movies. Like that's the first thing that came to my head, which is usually your answer. But the first time I saw Jerry Maguire, I didn't like it. Really? Isn't that funny? Because it had been hyped so much. I saw it when it was already popular. And that's Mm. sometimes people say that now, like we're in the age of you see the trailer beforehand. You know, you want to know what the movie is before you go into it. And people these days, they can stay home and stream movies at home. True. Movies come out a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. So for people to pay their money, movie tickets are expensive. For people to go out and pay, people come to me all the time and they'll be like, is this good? I don't want to, nobody ever wants to go to the theater anymore and walk out saying they saw a bad movie. People are so picky now about what they'll go and see. Um, I, and I forget what my, what was my, what was some of Tom Cruise? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that was it. So that was, it's always the case when I see, when you know too much about a movie, I always try to encourage people now to know as little as possible going into something because it really does color like i'll give you a perfect example which one of the movies we're going to talk about thor ragnarok mm-hmm. this is the third installment of the thor movies with thor ragnarok. yeah it's the, third it's the third installment of thor it opens november 3rd it okay first of all if you saw the four for you look a little bit like thor right now i just want to Thank say you, your hair. hair you got a bit of a nice. yeah, thor vibe going gotta on grow my right hair now. a little bit more you did. grow my beard out you did except he cuts his hair in this movie i saw that we could do this today i'm wondering do you a... want to have a thor haircut today on? you could cut it for me i could do you have but i don't want to because i like it yeah long. i'm growing it out so yeah. if chris helmsworthy uh has hemsworthy Hemsworthy? Yeah. Chris Hemsworthy? Is he worthy? <laughs> is he worthy it's of having Hemsworth. this Hemsworth. I don't like when they uh, 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 change the hairstyles, the modern hairstyles. Like Thor should have long hair. He's a Viking. Yeah. But I, I will say the issue that I had as a female 
with the first two Thors with the long hair, the extensions were bad extensions. Oh, so it wasn't real long hair. Oh, no, no. He says it was all his. No, he, it was his with pieces put into oh, okay. it. I just think it was bad extensions. I think mm. if it was done well, you could braid it. You could do all kinds of stuff with well, it yeah, in the third stomach. Like bad hair extensions are like a, like a bad toupee. Like you can see them you from a mile away. You can see them. I see girls all the time with like the hair extensions where you can <laughs> see the tape on the side of the – I can actually see the tape. Like I'm cool with the hair I extensions. I have them in right now. What are you talking – can you well, tell? I can't see any tape on yours. <laughs> Wait till I turn around. Nothing. Yeah, there's no tape in there that I can see. So what I'm saying is I, I'm fine with the yeah. – the, 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 I like the hair extensions. Yeah. I like long hair. I, I do too. Cover I'm, the tape. I'm a hair person. Yeah. I have a bit of a hair fetish. You do? Yeah. So yeah. I liked the long. But I will say they give him such a cool haircut in this movie. Okay. He gets like the lines or the whatever put into it. No, like 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 a rap star? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk the about the movie. So, so Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. So the first two Thors kind of took themselves very seriously. Have you seen any of the other Thors? Um. Yes. I saw the first. And one. would you think? Well, you're laughing. No, I'm, I, I, I told you kind of earlier. I, I don't like superhero movies. Yeah, why? Because I find they're all the same. Uh, superheroes come, tell some jokes. Aliens come, almost blow up the world. Superheroes beat up aliens. The end. Okay. And wait to the end of the credits because you're going to see one little thing that happens <laughs> that will take you to the next movie. Totally right. Did I catch it? You totally right. caught okay. it. I love that. But here's what I'll say about. Did you like Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. This is why you're going to like Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Because why? what they did is the first two Thor movies were very much, I think, taking themselves seriously, like Thor. And then it almost became like, where are they going to take this franchise? Oh, yeah. But can you do, what can you do with it? What can you do yeah. with it? So, what the director did, new director, um, Taika Watiti, he's a uh, New Zealander guy, but his movies, his previous movies, he's kind of like a rock and roll cool guy. Mm. He took the avengers and now he's put together this little band of people in the thor ragnarok movie that are called the revengers but it's like an i feel like there's a huge nod to guardians of the galaxy because they're this group of misfits they right. take chris hemsworth and he makes fun of himself in the movie it is so funny it's more comedic than anything and you never really have that like kate blanchett plays like the villain but you never have that feeling of oh are they going to save the world and i think that's why you don't like it because you know at the end of the day they're going to prevail because they they're going to be in the next five right. franchise movies that they have coming out they're not going to kill off their main characters exactly. this one is so funny there he just took it and turned it on its head and See, here's the thing which i think you'll you just kind of said that and this is hollywood too Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. It's super funny. And, you know, like it's just completely different from all the other. And then now they're making them all funny. You know, they right. put a lot of comedy. And sometimes I like, have Superman versus Batman. You could tell that they went back and reshot some jokes. Right. You want jokes? We got jokes. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. But but the vibe yeah. of the movie is, is very fun and breezy. So I think maybe Ragnarok would – they're trying to – you know, mimic that success. Probably. Right. And and I would tell you, if it was a copycat that didn't work yeah. or was just a copycat, I would say to you, they're trying to copy Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's not as good. It's definitely has its own thing, like its own vibe. Jeff Goldblum, I don't know if you're a Jeff Goldblum fan, but he plays this... Absolutely big Jeff Goldblum Oh, my God. And I Who's interviewed him for this movie. He plays the Grandmaster. He's, he's on a, he has his own planet and he wears like a gold jumpsuit and blue eyeliner. And it's just Jeff Goldblum like going off. Over the top? Over the top. You can tell he just like took that role and went, chewed it up, spit it out, <laughs> said thank <laughs> you very much on his way out the door. Like he just, he just crushed it. And it's like, 
you know, it, it really had, like, that's why I say it has its own vibe. It's Guardians of the Galaxy-esque, mm -hmm. but done really well. It's going to make... It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I like the name Ragnarok, too. Say it five times fast. Ragnarok, 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 Ragnarok. <laughs> it's Ragnarok. Really, and also, yeah. Jeff Goldblum looks like my cousin Chad. And it'd be better if he played for that reason. That, and it'd be cool if he played Grandmaster Flash, like the rap guy. Well, I think it's kind of a nod to that too. Like he's he's. That'd <laughs> be great if Grandmaster Flash. Was I know, a right? Villain. I know. Okay, but yeah. So it's, it's it's a really it's really well executed. So you are giving this, the... and, and I'm the same with you. Like there's. Like some of the Avengers movies, there's so many of them. There's I think so many of them. Obviously, they probably have to put out a certain amount a year. Yeah. By by contract. Yeah, and know? I think you know I agree with you. Some of them, when they take themselves too seriously, mm -hmm. and you, they're very formulaic, and it's a lot of action for people who love those kind of action movies, and they want to see all the superheroes lined up against each other, and and you know banding with each other or fighting each other. There's always going to be that audience, but mm -hmm. like people, like what you're saying is. Come on, give me different. something yeah. new. Give me something different. And Chris different. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Yeah. Hemsworth. But he is uh, worthy. That Chris guy. <laughs> he's really funny, too, because he was super funny in Ghostbusters, which I love. The you, Ghostbusters remake. You liked the Ghostbusters yeah. remake? Wow. Really? So, there, so that's a movie that I liked. Did, did it not get good reviews? It didn't do well at all. It oh, didn't wow. get good reviews at didn't all. didn't do good box office either? No, it did not. Wow. It did not. I thought it was really fun. You know, well, I'm, and that's I'm, the thing. I'm the same too. Like, there's a lot of movies that I'll go see because I'm not a movie critic. I'm a movie fan, mm -hmm. and my my sensibilities are. I like mainstream movies. I like romantic comedies. I like comedies. I don't think they should always be panned by critics. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there's there's they can be fun. They can be fun, and there's don't take yourself so seriously. Like, right. if it's a if it's a good movie and you enjoy it. It's worth just as much as the critically acclaimed, you know, whatever. It's just a different genre. And sometimes, like, so when I'm on a plane, like, I never want to watch a critically acclaimed whatever. I want to watch the fun movies. Of course, yeah. And I see some – I watched Baywatch the other day. Awful. Shut it off halfway through. Couldn't take it. Yeah, it was a dis it was definitely a disappointment. Oh, just not – and then, yeah, I just wasn't uh, – so sometimes those movies don't work either. Do you ever cry in a plane when you watch movies? I have a theory about the altitude. That it makes you cry? Yeah. Really? I, I bawled watching Baywatch on the plane. <laughs> I, <laughs> Was it a comedy? <laughs> I cried when Spock died uh, in Star Trek II, The on Wrath the of Khan. Not on the plane, in the theater when I was like oh, 12. And the high school bully saw me crying and told the whole school that I cried when Spock died. And that was my nickname for a whole year. You cried when Spock died. I cried when Spock died. No way. Yes. Where is so, that guy now? Um, Do you know? If I saw him today... I would turn and run screaming down the street. Why? Chuck Fontaine. He's a bully. He's still probably a bully. I bet he's not. Well, he's, well of course you could kick his ass now. Well, I'm scared, though. He's always kind of scared of it. Are you? Well, or, you know. or don't you want to, like, face him and kick his ass? Well, maybe I should. Yeah. Thanks for the therapy. <laughs> I am on a couch. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Hey, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha. -ha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. 
sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. Okay, a bad mom's Christmas. Yeah. With uh, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, and Catherine. So I like, you seen a bad I mom? I like bad mom. It was a bad mom's club. Bad mom. It was just bad mom I saw. Yeah. It. Enjoyed it. It was good, right? Yeah, I liked and it. And yeah. I think that was the thing. I think people didn't really have any expectations of it. I think the first it came one. came out of nowhere. came out of nowhere. came out of nowhere. It was like Trainwreck. It was like those types of movies that. Right. You know, comedies these days, because of all the superhero movies, comedies are like, where are they? You can't find them in Hollywood. They don't really want to invest in them because so many times it's like the sleeper hit. Right. Like the Ghostbusters, which they put a lot of money into and, and expected big stars. it. Big stars. Yeah. And big franchise already built into it. And then all of a sudden, like, it doesn't do well. And, you know, the other ones they know are going to pay off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even like movies like Batman versus Superman, superhero movie, wasn't critically acclaimed, but still made almost a billion dollars in the box office. Because it's the concept. It's the concept. It's the fan base. That's going to draw you in whether it's good or not. Right. Right. Um, But anyway, um, so Bad Mom's Christmas. I've seen it. It's... It's, I would say, on par with the first one. And okay. and basically, the, the gist is, it's Christmas time, Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell and Catherine Hahn's moms come to visit. So it's played oh. by, so Susan Sarandon is one of the moms. And nice. she's like the rebel mom, you know, she yeah, plays yeah, Catherine. Yeah. Catherine Hahn's character is like the rebellious yeah, one was, of the, yeah, was, but like the whole thing is, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because they're all kind of exactly like their moms. And it was just smart. I mean, it's kind of like it did well. Why not release it at Christmas? They're smart. They know what they're doing. Because what do you do with a sequel of a sleeper hit? It's the unexpected. Is that what that's what made it good? So how do you up the ante? You either take it up to on a holiday or you take it to Thailand. <laughs> you think you hang over? Yeah. I know. That'll be the next one. A like, bad mom, <laughs> Vietnam or whatever. Like, like most, well, of course, we're going to Thailand. Like, well, why wouldn't you go to Thailand? Yeah. And that's what actually bad moms reminded me. Uh, there's our Canadian shiny through shoes. Bad mums, M-U-M-S, Mom, bad yeah. mum. It came out of nowhere just like Hangover did. Because Hangover at the time, like Bradley Cooper wasn't a, as big of a right. star as he is now. And Ed Helms was just a dude and Zach Galifianakis. And this is the same. Like Mila Kunis, like m- maybe never been in a, in a movie. Like I don't think I've ever seen her in an actual big screen movie. Oh, she, she's been in a ton of movies. But you know her from well, no, she hasn't. 70s show. Well, yeah, you know yeah, her from that. You know her from that. But that's what I'm saying. But it's just, yeah. it's just the random chemistry really works. Yeah. Well, I just so I just interviewed them. It was a whole thing we did for Twitter for this movie, mm. and the three females together. The three, like the three leads, not mom. the moms. Okay, yeah, the moms the kids, weren't there. Yeah. The moms of the moms weren't the daughters, there. Daughters. Yeah. They together, they don't need a script. Like I will tell you, most of the t- sometimes you interview comedians, they're not funny. Oh, I know, and they're mean, and they're sad, and they're depressed, I and know. They're, they're mean. Sometimes they're mean. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, well, I won't name names today, but there's a few of them. Yeah, a lot of times people are like, oh, you're interviewing this comedian, and I go, oh, I had like, you don't know what you're gonna get. I had one for for this podcast. I haven't aired it yet. Not what I was expecting, at least. Not funny and not a good story. Who? 
I can't tell you on the air. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Yeah. But then it, people are just going to look through your who. You well, when are it comes up, up when you, you'll know when you hear, when you see it. But like you said, I think comedians sometimes they they play a part, and when that when they're not on stage, that it's a different character. Well, a lot of comedians that they, they become comedians, it comes out of pain. It right. comes out of a painful childhood or whatever. They were the outcast, and that's that that was their outlet. Mm-hmm. Was the only way they were going to cope was to to tell jokes. To and tell you find jokes. They're really depressed. And, like Robin Williams yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, but that that was a different thing. Well, he had, he had depression. Did he? I think that was the they said. Yeah. I mean, I'd, but he had an illness that wasn't that mental illness though. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay, I think yeah, I think it's like kind of like a, like a deep depression. Was it? Yeah. But he had a. I thought he had a disease, and that that he might have. To, I'm the, not sure. I don't know. But yeah, so a lot of times, you know, they're they're not funny in person. But these three women together, it was like one of those interviews. I just didn't have to do anything. I just just Hello. get out of the way. Just get out of the way because they're it's flying, and I don't want to get in the way of all that. They were really really good together, and I kind of saw why the movie worked. But also, Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell did Forgetting Sarah Marshall together. They've known each other for a really That's right. long time. She was in that movie. So I'm, I'm and wrong. I forgot that until they brought it up. Wow. And I was like, That's right. You guys were in that movie together. Yeah, she but they was... already have a rapport. Gotcha. They have the chemistry. But it's a good movie. I mean, it's going to do a ton of money. This opening, they're they're opening it early. They're opening it November first to okay. sort of get a jump on all the holiday movies, which I think is smart, even though it's a bad mom's Christmas. I thought November 1st you're opening it? That's kind of like, why don't you open it December well, 25th? Kind of like, as soon as uh, Halloween ends, it's Thanksgiving, and as soon as Thanksgiving ends, <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. well, I guess it counts. All right, so we'll look for that one, a mom's, uh, bad mom's Christmas. I love um, that you say mum like the mom. queen mum. I'm really getting into it. It's a bad yeah. mum's Christmas, eh? Let's go check it out, man. Yeah. Like eh? Uh, okay, so Murder on the Orient Express. Um, which is a remake of a movie called Murder on the, the Orient Express. Express from I think it was the seventies, maybe. Yeah. And this has uh, Dame this Judi m- Dench, <laughs> who I've seen her boobs, by the way. Wait, what? Yeah, she did like three nude movies. Oh, you? Oh, not in person. Yeah, no, I haven't banged her. Because <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, and it's I, it's not the age. I just don't find her hot. But I I bang Anna Margaret. Now, hey, well, she's gorgeous. Well, yeah, she's like eighty, I think, right? I think is so. Anne Margaret in this movie? No, she's okay, not. So she Sorry to disappoint you. Penelope Cruz is in this movie though, and Daisy Ridley. I always thought that Penelope was pronounced Penelope when I was a kid. I you didn't. Did. Didn't have to pronounce. Do you something. think she's beautiful? Mm, she your thing. In certain light, right? And you know, you know, see some girls that you think are hot, and then you see them again, they're not, and vice versa. Certain light. Yeah, she got weird weird time. nose. Yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> when you see girls. When I see girls, I think yeah, that she all has the time. a she has a weird nose, Penelope Cruz, for me. I get it. It's it's it's. Uh, she's more exotic. She's more of the strange nostrils is what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh my god, guys are so fickle. <laughs> I swear, I swear, because I have so many guy friends, <laughs> they will pick out the most random things about a female. Like she could be a t- out of a scale of one to ten, she could be a twenty five. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, but her index finger on her left side was slightly longer than the one on the right side. And I'm just turned off. And it's just but like, it's... wait a second. But guys are like, because guys are so much more visual but than girls. But also here's where it changes. If that girl shows any interest in the guy. She's a 27. Don't care anymore. <laughs> index fingers are made. You said you still like So them. you're saying if Penelope Cruz showed an interest in you, you wouldn't care about her nostrils? Well, yeah, I could probably live with the nostrils. <laughs> I could gloss this over. You could live with it. <laughs> but here's for me. Me, the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's in it as well. But here's who's kind of making a comeback. Michelle she Pfeiffer? was just yeah, she was just in Mother with Darren Aronofsky. Okay, 
And she's one of those actors that has, has recently come out and said, like, she has a lot of social anxiety. Oh. She finds it really hard to be in certain situations. Really? And yeah, but she's kind of making a bit of a film comeback, which I think is me too. Love I mean, her. She's a Hollywood legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. forget, though, like you said, like just when you mentioned that and thinking my Rolodex of my head, Fabulous Baker Boys, Catwoman, uh, Scarface. Like oh, Tequila Sunrise. Tequila Sun- like she's like, she was the hot. Do you remember her in Tequila Sunrise? Oh, super hot. Oh and again, gosh. Catwoman too in Batman. Yeah. Super hot. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but Johnny Depp for me. Johnny, Johnny Depp is my Tom Cruise. Is he really? Yeah, Still? Like, yeah. I don't think Johnny Depp, he's been in some movies that aren't good, but he's never had a bad performance. Ever. Wow. I'll tell even, you. Yeah. Even Lone Ranger, I thought he was great. The movie wasn't good, but he was awesome in it. He, you know what? And the last um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I liked it. This is one of those movies that people go, "Oh my gosh, why are they making another one? We don't need to make another one." If you went, did you went, did you see it? You mm-hmm. probably you did. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. it I liked was... it because I like Johnny Depp playing that that character and Javier Bardem. Yeah, he yeah, and crushed it, it. it. It's it's a it's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's, it's exactly. exactly like all the other ones. It's, exactly. It's what you get. But I went to the – you see it in the theater on the big screen. The music, the score is amazing. Yeah. The visual effects, people are like, it looked too much like CGI. I don't care. It still <laughs> looked impressive. It's a, I don't care if it looks like CGI. I want it to look like – if it can look like that, let it be CGI. It's an undersea ghost. It's <laughs> not real. Yeah. It has to be CGI. Exactly. I thought it was so much fun. And yeah. people just went on and on and on this summer about how – why should they make another one? This one was crap. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had the best time watching that movie. It's great, yeah. Everybody – and I always pay attention to what I hear when I'm walking out, like the public, what the public thinks. And everybody walked, everybody I could hear talking about it was like, that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, see, but, but I think you're a lot like me. Like when I go out to do something or see something, I want to enjoy it. So I'm going to be like going in there with the best of attitudes. Right. Like I go to see a comedian. I laugh hard at everything, even if it's not funny because I, I want to laugh. And people kind of look at me and like, I don't care. Like I, I, I'm a great fan for the comic. And when I go to the movies, I want to enjoy it. It has to be really bad for me to turn on. Is it because we're Canadian? Because I'm the same way. Maybe. Uh, Because I just, like, for the most part, glass half full. Like, I want to go and enjoy it. I don't want to sit there and go, hmm. Worst comedian ever. Terrible. You know, but that's even like we were talking about Johnny Depp, even that uh, Kevin Smith movie Tusk, which was really creepy and weird. He played uh, like Guy Lafon or something like a, a French Canadian yeah. detective. Oh, yeah. Super funny. Oh, really? I didn't like see that total one. like. Thanks for teaching me about movies today. There you uh, go. Chris we're, we're, uh, we're both learning. But so, I will so, tell you a really funny, quick Johnny Depp story please. before we move on. So that's what I like. You're behind the scenes here. Oh, so this was before I was even doing what I do now. I was. Um, had come out to LA to be an actress, which is a whole other story. But <laughs> Dexter, I, I swear there's still going to be a sitcom based on me called Bad Actress <laughs> because I was the worst <laughs> actress ever. <laughs> and I know I was bad. She was on Dexter, though, and you but came out Dexter. of the shower. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was not shirtless. <laughs> I will say that. Just pantsless? <laughs> Just pants. Actually, I was pantsless, <laughs> which I guess is worse. Um, anyway, so. I just moved out here to become an actress and a friend of mine headed up this foundation for like a charity. It was like a hospital thing. And Jennifer Lopez was giving an award to Johnny Depp. He was kind of getting the humanitarian award. So my friend calls me. He's like, hello, love. You know, one of these really rich dudes. Hello, lovey. Um, 
I was, I have this like hospital charity event. I was wondering if you could hand out an award to somebody. And he's like one of those eccentric billionaires that doesn't know celebrities, like truly doesn't know. Like <laughs> he told me once he met Brad Pitt and was sitting having a conversation with him and walked away 30 minutes later. And someone's like, oh my God, that was Brad Pitt. And he didn't even know who it was. <laughs> and he really doesn't. So he, he calls me. He's like, do you want to give out an award? So I basically was just like, no, I think I'm busy. You know, gave him the whole excuse. Five minutes later, a friend of ours calls who knew about it and said, you don't want to give an award to Johnny Depp. And I'm like, it's Johnny Depp. I had no idea. So I call him back and I'm like, yeah, my schedule just cleared. I think I can do it. So I had to give Johnny Depp, like basically I was the trophy girl. I was, you know, Miss Golden Globes kind of thing where Jennifer Lopez gets on stage and says all kinds of things about Johnny Depp and how nice he is when she had never met him because I saw the meet backstage for the first time. (laughs) And, and, and basically I had to walk on stage. My own only job, my one job was to hand him this award. So I get this gown lent to me. No one tells me that this sculpture that I have to hand him is like a hundred pounds. And I had to carry it up these stairs. So basically I tripped and fell on my face in front of Johnny Depp. And that was my one, it was like, you had one job (laughs) (laughs) and you screwed it up. And I'm tripping all over the stage. Did you break his his award? I didn't break the award because I broke my face. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to fall, but I'm going to hold the statue (laughs) up and it will not fall and it will not break. Did he look at you with uh, disdain? No, he was cool. Okay. He was, he, you could tell, you could tell he was, uh, like he, he kind of went backstage before he went on stage and you could tell he was just an introvert. Like he was just yeah, kind of kept to himself. Completely, yeah. Completely. We, uh, yeah. talking about the golden God awards. I was telling you about, he came and played guitar with Marilyn Manson. Um, on a oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And super like almost nerdy, weird. That's what he was like. Guy. Yep. You know, who didn't who's like scared to say anything, you know, which is but why when I when I talk about how I was a bad actress, that's why when I do when I interview a lot of actors who are like that, because some of them have personality and they can talk and they can whatever. But a lot of them, they need a role. They need a character. They need somebody else's words. And then they come alive. Right. And they otherwise they can't express themselves. And they they'll say to me, like, I could never do what you do because they don't want to. Right. show themselves yeah, 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 it's yeah, really yeah. interesting but that's why i feel like i'm more comfortable being myself so when you ask me to say somebody else's words or then it just it seems so, yeah Hi, my name I'm, is john I'm so awkward uh so murder on the orient express uh, yeah there's, there's a, i've told you a whole lot about it orient I? express <laughs> is a train and someone gets murdered on it it's kind of an all-star cast it's an all-star Depp cast plays some weird probably french or german or ukrainian guy or something and it's daisy ridley who you'll know from the star wars franchise she oh. kind of popped off that you know who she is right yeah. she's in the the latest yeah she's, uh is it ren yeah no, no. She, kylo ren is, is uh the guy. is the guy she's um whatever i'm drawing is. a blank on her name she's the she's the girl <laughs> all right so she's, she's in that ass, okay so, so she's um, in that. you know I, I don't know much about the movie but johnny depp's in it so yeah, i might go check I mean, it out they've been promoting this movie for a good six months you know, they've already started, you know, they they invited like a bunch of press to go like take the train like six months ago. Okay. They really, you know, I think I think because of the size of the cast and that, it, you know, it opens November 10th. I don't know if it'll have have Chris, like, like the kind of Christmas. I don't know, carry over. What does that tell you when you say it opens on November 10th? What does that mean as far as the movie? Well, you know, it's it's really, it's funny because there, when you, it seems random, but in Hollywood, it's so planned out when movies come out. Mm. Um, I interviewed Melissa McCarthy on the set of a movie two years ago and the movie doesn't come out for a year. And I'm like, why does your movie not come out for a year? And she's like, because we looked at the slate of movies coming right. out. They don't want to compete against certain movies. Yeah. Things will even get pushed a year. Sometimes it's reshoots for a lot of different reasons. But 
You know, I think November, opening in November and opening on a weekend, you're not going to be up against something really like big because the Christmas thing is a tough, it's a tough thing. Yeah. You know, people really, and I think it could carry over. It really could carry over because of the size of the cast. It'll really depend on the reviews, when the reviews come out and all that. But, you know, it's it's a tough gig. Like Star Wars is coming out December 15th. That's just going to crush everybody. Yeah. Like how do you yeah. compete with that? So I think it's smart. I think that they're doing a little bit early. Preparing. And and you want what, you know, we call le- the movie to have legs. So if it's good enough, it'll continue over through the holiday season. It'll be like one of those. Because I don't know if you find this. Like the holidays is the time that you – and this happened last Christmas, I felt like. There wasn't a lot for like general audiences to go see. It was either really depressing mm-hmm. – there wasn't a lot of like stuff you can go see with your friends, your family, whatever. There just wasn't a lot yeah, out right. there. So this could be one of those. And and like you said, to come out earlier, you'll make the majority of the revenue before Star Wars comes out and anything you make exactly. after. Exactly. Like right? All right, let's move on to uh, uh, Daddy's Home 2. This is uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Um <laughs> Whose dad's come home for the holidays. Sound familiar? You should hook up the uh, daddy's home guys with the bad moms. I know. know? Daddy's home, bad moms three. A crossover. A crossover crossover. film. Yeah, they they do. It's like the Marvel Universe crossing over. Um, So the dads come home, and it's Mel Gibson and John Lithgow who we were talking about. Yeah, so Mel Gibson plays Mark Wahlberg's dad. Can you even imagine? Isn't that? I know. I know. Because I think they've shown in the trailer, like, the first scene, because Mark Wahlberg's character in this movie. Did you see the first Daddy's Home? It was good. I loved that movie. I thought the two of them together were so perfect. The best part is when Will, does he drive the motorcycle up to the house and falls through the the stairs? And was it the car? What did he do? Do you know what's so funny? Is you're you're like typical guys. (laughs) Guys can remember scenes, quotes. Can you quote just about every movie you've ever seen? Guys have a very amazing ability to quote film. Right. And I don't remember that scene. Well, he, he, he got on the motorcycle and he lost control and he's like, Whoa! and like drove to the house good. and came out of the thing. And it was like, whoa, something like that. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> so Mel Gibson plays his dad and John Lithgow yeah. plays uh, Will Ferrell's dad. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the because the, John Cena was in the first one playing someone's dad, too. Was he? Yeah. See? I don't remember that either. I don't remember a whole lot about that movie <laughs> yeah. other than that Just I really like liked it. it. I really liked it. It was good. <laughs> now, so this one, this one, it's again, it's kind of like the parents, like Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. John Lithgow is like totally nerdy, plays Will Ferrell's dad. And that's what I loved. I, th- I think that's what I loved about the first one is they totally played to type. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay. To not change it up. Like, yeah. That's the same role Daryl's played in every movie. Don't broke it. Don't fix it. Don't broke it <laughs> don't if it's broke not it, fixed. Fix it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> don't fix it if it's not broken. And I mean, I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I've heard, I know people have seen it and said it's freaking hilarious. That's like, a big Christmas movie too. Like Will Ferrell's still big box office. Oh yeah. Although last movie didn't do the that. Casino or something? Yeah, the, yeah. With the Amy Poehler at the house. Thing. Here's the thing. I barely even heard of that movie. It must have not been good from the moment they cut it because you never heard anything about it. It's like they just threw it out just for the hell of it. Yeah. But I remember I saw like one billboard for it in the in the theater and that never saw a commercial and, or And here's what here's what sometimes I find funny is I interviewed him and Amy Poehler together mm-hmm. for that movie. And I didn't know what to expect with Will Ferrell. I didn't know if it was going to be one of those comedians that in That's not funny or yeah. That's that's not very cuz I had actually heard a story about him he was amazing he was amazing like 
I kind of like came in with these, you know, when I interview a comedian, what I try to do is set them up for the joke. Mm -hmm. So I'll come up with something that can make them look funny or make them run with it yeah, if yeah, they yeah. want to run with it. Right. But if they don't want to run with it, nothing then you do. nothing right. you can do. Go and I'm going to look like an idiot. But anyway, he he ran with everything that I gave him. And he was so like went above and beyond that it's just like when that happens, it makes me want to see his movies and sure. make me like him more. But that's what press is supposed to be. It's supposed to ingratiate the, the person to the people watching, whether yeah. you like the movie or not. Right. You're pulling for it, like you said. Yeah. You want it to be good and you'll yeah. support the person because they made you entertain, laugh, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Right. So anyway, the buzz on this film is it's really good. Well, I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. And I also, I always like Mel Gibson, too. I'm glad he's not in trouble anymore. Great director. He's a great director. I'll yes. say that. And um, <laughs> I won't say anything else. I'll say he's a great right director. Justice League. <laughs> Um, starring yes. Gal Gadot. Okay, I, I don't like this name, by the way. Gal Gadot. 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 I don't you have like to it. pronounce the T. I don't like that name. Why? I don't know. It's Gal. Come on, man. Is it, is it short for something? I think it's Gal, though. I don't know. She's I don't got a lot of Gaul to walk around <laughs> that name. Around that name. <laughs> okay, so this is a whole thing. So were you a, you don't like superhero movies? Were you a Wonder Woman fan? Um. Well, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I liked comics. I was a DC guy. Yeah. But the movies, Marvel ones are better than the DC movies. The DC Lately ones are, they have been. Yeah. Lately so, they've, um, been, but one, they've been doing better. I wasn't a Wonder Woman fan, per se. Okay. Uh, I'm all for Wonder Woman. Yeah. I appreciate the invisible plane, which in the comics, you could still always see the plane. They still drew the plane. Right. It was like a see-through plane. Right. They should have just drawn her sitting in the middle of the air. If it's an invisible plane, yeah, I always looked at it. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Actually, a lot of people took issue with that whole thing. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, people that were fans of, of like the comic and that they really took issue so with you, the invisible plane. You could plane. see the plane. So the Gal Gadot, yeah, uh, Ben Affleck is Batman. Yes, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. Yeah, you're seeing him for the first time as Aquaman. Right, right, right. Uh, Ezra Miller as the Flash. Yeah. So, he, so here's the thing about this. So first of all, I'm just going to sound like such a chick right now. Please, but Wonder are, Woman. Blew my mind because everyone said that. Because yeah. number one, it was one of those movies like I told you about. Like I went into it knowing nothing. Right, you weren't. Ex yeah, no I wasn't expecting anything. I had no idea. I actually didn't expect it to be that good. And there was something about it that I just went. And I'm just preaching to the choir here, but there's something about it that when I saw it, I went, "Oh my gosh." I so relate to this person to Wonder because Woman. I don't relate to a lot of the female. And this goes back to when I was an actress. I had dark hair at the time and I would get sent in for what I called the kick-ass roles. Like the Angelina Jolie, you have dark hair and blue eyes. You can go in and kick ass. And I'm like, that's not my personality at all. Like send me the party girl roles. Not that yeah. I'm that type, but I, I can do the fun thing more than mm. I can pull off. Like I can kick your ass. And I didn't necessarily, although I admire Mila Jovovich and, you know, all these women that have done those types of roles and been fierce, I didn't relate mm -hmm. like I related to this Wonder Woman because she was like how she was sort of naive when she was going through London right, and like, right, right. why do you, why do you guys fight each other? <laughs> like there was just, cause she was like able to be like, mm. show her curves and her softness and her naivety and her humor and her quirkiness. Like I just, it gave me chills. The whole thing gave me chills. And like I got great, great reviews all across the board. And it did. And, and the director. So here's the thing. You first saw Gal Gadot, sorry to say her name, <laughs> in Batman versus Superman. That was when she was first introduced 
to, you right, know, that was the cameo. She that made, was the yeah, cameo. Yeah. And people were like, oh, she stole the movie and can't wait to see Wonder Woman. But I really thought that what Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman, you didn't even see her in that light in Batman versus Superman. So what I was scared with Justice League, her mm. coming back directed by a man, are we going to see her in a different light than you saw her in right. Wonder Woman? And from what I've heard, she again rocks this movie but i think at this point she would know how to play that character like maybe the first one she didn't really know what she wanted to do with it but she crushed that one it was just a different version of her do you know what i mean it was just a different version and i just wanted tonally i was hoping it would be the same and i i agree with you but if you're putting her in a different circumstance like around all the other superheroes like is it going to be too much of her being this fierce kick-ass and not having all that humor and all that stuff that you love about the movie but she um so yeah i mean basically this is you know dc fans um they're forming their own avengers with the super friends yeah yeah i mean this is this is this one they really need they there's a lot riding on this one because suicide squad wasn't critically acclaimed like even though it made one. a ton of mo- i like that i liked it yeah. too Margot Robbie. but it was one of those didn't didn't, didn't do good bad reviews it did well i mean when oh. you look at the box office it was still one of the top 10 of last year but it didn't do as well as expected it could have done well over a billion and i think it did just like a little under it got critically panned but it too. got critically yeah and then batman versus superman was the same thing so dc really needs this to be good and do well and i know a couple of people have seen it already and they said better than they expected mm. so I think, and they said, you know, DC fans are going to be excited because if you like seeing all your superheroes lined up together, it's going to be one of those chill inducing. I, when I was a kid, Aquaman was my favorite superhero. Oh, really? Because I liked his orange shirt. (laughs) I I liked to swim. So he was the swimming guy. But apparently that's not cool to like Aquaman, like superhero comic people. Like if you like Aquaman, he's like, he's the worst superhero I'm until like, this movie comes out because yeah. it's played by jason momoa yes and the thing is okay why is aquaman the worst superhero well because what's what's he do he guides uh the sea creatures okay great so let's say you're out in the ocean and your boat sinks who are you gonna want with you aquaman because he can call a whale to come pick you up and take you back to <laughs> batman can't Listen, do that i get it i dressed up as green lantern for comic-con a couple of years ago <laughs> like that's not exactly a popular choice yeah it's a more of an obscure one too right <laughs> yeah um okay so we'll keep an eye out for that yeah. i'm excited to have uh, uh aquaman want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com meet treadwell your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle get your best match in one minute or less with treadwell by discount tire talk is jericho um let's go to uh let's go forward to the disaster artist yeah franco brothers and seth rogan playing tommy uh, okay worst movie of all time the room is the room so for people who don't know the room yeah there's this guy tommy Wiseau who came to hollywood i don't even know how many years ago and wanted to like get into the movie business and meets this guy and it's played by dave franco meets this guy it's a true life story this he meets dave franco is wiseau was tommy tommy is james franco Tommy play uh, James Franco plays, plays Tommy, Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau. Okay, gotcha. and Dave Franco, his brother, plays a, the friend that he meets, gotcha. and he wants to become an actor. And Tommy has this money, and he's like, "Let's make a movie," and becomes the director. And it he made. I mean, this is a real life story. He made the room, and you've seen the room, right? Yes, it's like a modern day version of Plan Nine 
to outer space, the worst movie the worst, ever it's made. Known, it's yeah. known to be, but because of that, it has a cult following. Yes. Like this crazy Just like cult Nine following. Is, right. And I saw a billboard for that movie in LA for about 10 years for The Room. Did you really? Yeah, it was down, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they had, he bought a billboard because I didn't know it was the worst movie. I just always heard about The Room. I thought it was an independent film. Yeah. And then starting hearing how bad it is and you watch it, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Like, and there's so many iconic lines from that movie, but because they're so bad and acted so poorly and Tommy's the reason, like he's absolutely awful. But he, he said like his goal was to make an Academy Award winning movie, which ironically there's Academy Award buzz about the disaster artist. So he could end up going to the Academy Awards (laughs) in a roundabout way because you know, the the buzz is, is that maybe James Franco is going to get nominated Uh because he's so good in this movie. And he would, of course, bring Tommy with him if he was nominated. But here's the question I have for you, though. Does Tommy know how bad the movie is? Well, okay. So, so, I mean, so here's the thing. So Dave and James Franco and Seth Rogen were all fans of The Room. And they decided we're going to make a movie about the making of The Room. And... I saw the film at South by Southwest, which is a you know film festival that happens yeah. in Austin in the spring, and they screened it. And Tommy made a surprise appearance and came up on stage, and he to this day still thinks his movie's a masterpiece. Like I don't right. really, I think he, and yeah. he's sort of been asked, and James has been asked, like does he get that his movie's bad? He and he's like, right. does he understand that it's bad? And it's like. Yeah, he doesn't like it when we say the movie was bad, and that's why we made the movie. He really still thinks his movie was great, although maybe he gets it. There's a great documentary called The Best Worst Movie Ever, and it's about this movie called Troll 2 that was made in the early 80s. And it was made in Salt Lake City, American cast, Italian director. It's it's rotten. It's very bad. The, the documentary is amazing, but the movie's terrible. But it shows a scene where now it's become this cult classic, Troll 2, and uh, – they were watching it at a theater and everyone's laughing. And the Italian director's sitting in the back. He's like, you don't understand the movie. It's not, I got, that was apparently he's a French guy now. But he was really mad that people were bearing his movie and was still standing to the end of time that this is a great movie and you just don't get it. You guys are stupid. I think that's Tommy Wiseau. Right. I think he has that mentality but like okay so this comes out on december 1st and it's not going to be one of those you're not going to see a lot of advertising about it it's a small budget movie it was an independent movie but i encourage people to see the disaster artist if you haven't seen the room see the disaster artist first yes and then watch the room second because it's going to make you like see it in a totally different way and and you asked me before like what was i'm trying to figure out what your movie styles these are my type of movies like I'm not – like big bunch of movies, it's yeah. very rare that I really dig it because this is the formula. And that's fine. I get it. It's no problem. These type of movies to me are the ones that really me too. stick. Me too. That And that movie, I will tell you, go and see it in the theater. check it out for It's sure. really great. And the performances are awesome. Seth Rogen. I mean the three of those guys together. Good chemistry. Such good yeah. chemistry. And they have fun making movies and you can tell. You know what I mean? Like you can really tell. What's that they- movie that came out a couple of years ago where like it was the end of the world and they ended up fighting? Oh. Um, I think called The End. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. You could tell. Like it was, it, That reminded me of a modern day cannibal run where they're all just stoned and up and they're all just out of it and, and just they're playing, laughing. There's like cameos by actors playing themselves. Playing themselves and yeah. you can tell they keep, they're barely making it through the movie because they're just having too much fun. I like that. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to do that with oh, your friends? No, you, you know? can you can and you feel it and you can tell. And, and that it's comes like across on the screen. Seth Rogen, I was one of my favorite people to interview. And every time it's so funny because I interviewed them for this movie and they were convinced that I'd never seen the room. Oh. 
so they were making fun of me the whole time and every time i tried to ask them a question and every time i interview seth rogan he calls it a disaster now because the first time I interviewed him was at Comic-Con uh -huh. and it was for Fandango. It was one of my first interviews for Fandango and they made us play, play skee-ball together. Uh -huh. But like, so the whole thing about when you're going to play a game or play a sport with a celebrity on camera and it was a 20 or 30 minute like live interview that was going up on Facebook, they have to be competitive. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. So my first question to Seth Rogen was, are you competitive? And he goes, not at all. <laughs> like, wah, wah, wah. Pretty sure he was stoned. Of course he was. And, and it was just like, so we were just like after the first, and I'm not really competitive. I could have cared less. I really just wanted to talk to him. So after we both threw the ball twice, we guess, we both kept just throwing the ball. And it was just like, and so when I saw him on the carpet for the disaster artist, I'm like, do you remember we played ski ball? He goes, that was a disaster. <laughs> but it was the only interview from all of Comic-Con he put on his Facebook. Oh, so and so it yet. went viral. And then, of course, I got like people saying, I hate her. I love her. It was like, you know, across the board. It's, it's, like, she's struggling so hard trying to interview him. He's so stoned. It's two Canadians. They're too polite to actually win. win. <laughs> I'm totally. Sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot he was Canadian. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Vancouver. so when I saw him for this, he's just like, oh my gosh, every time you interview, I interview, you interview me, it's a disaster. Disaster piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that one for sure. I'm going to go see. Yeah. Um, that one I highly recommend. We'll, we'll move past a couple of these ones, but obviously the big one is, is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes. And even, by the way, Nikki did a great job of giving us uh, some notes for every movie, and this one just says needs no explanation. I wrote, yeah, I wrote a whole little synopsis. Yeah, and that's the truth, though, because this one, so I loved Rogue One. You but, did? Yes, I did. I loved it, but it's not where we're at as far as the story. Well, know? yeah, this is Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Was seven, this is eight, The yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah. So I'm really excited because now we get to see Luke Skywalker. So are you, yes, finally, yes. finally, finally. Yes. Are you a, you're a Star Wars fan? Like, are you? Huge Star Wars fan. You are. Yeah, like fanatic. So you like Rogue One better than The Force Awakens? Um, I won't say that because I love Han Solo. Um, and I needed to see him die. Because did you? It, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I did. Why? Because it's, it's such a well-written character and in the pantheon of these movies and everybody lives and everybody dies and he's been a rogue his whole career and that's kind of the whole irony of being murdered by his own son and all those other things just, I, I know that Harrison Ford wanted to die in Return of the Jedi in 1983 yeah he's he been waiting for a long time a long time and I think that's the reason why he was so good in that movie is because he knew this is the last time I'm ever playing this character mm -hmm. they can't bring me back because I'm dead so it really – I thought he really gave it a little bit extra and, and made – and plus it was it was heartbreaking when he dies. I Were mean, you surprised or did you know it was coming? I did my absolute best to have no spoilers. But right before I went, I saw a tweet <sighs> or something just out of the corner of my eye that said like dead. I'm like – so I knew it even though I didn't know anything about the circumstances. So yeah. I kind of heard that it was going to happen anyways, and I kind of felt that it was going to happen. And I, and I thought, like I said, to me, it was it was not necessary, but something that I thought was was the right way to go. And but how and how do you feel about? I'm I'm curious. I, I always end up with Star Wars fans because I'm not the hugest Star Wars mm -hmm. fan. I mean, obviously, I know a lot about it, but I'm, I'm not like it. Actually, terrified me as a kid. Oh yeah. It was like one of the first movies I ever went to see in the theater. And I won't say which one because I'll date myself. But it wasn't the first one. Um, but anyway, it was like it was one of those things I stayed away from for years because it scared me so much as a kid. So I always like when I meet a Star Wars fan, I, I'm just more curious asking questions. But did, do you like Adam Driver in that role? Like do you – because I loved him in Girls. I don't know if you ever saw him in Girls. More of a chick thing. But um, he's a really good actor. What I didn't like about it um, was that he took the mask off. I didn't see the point. 
you know, if you have this really cool mask, it's Kylo Ren. He's like, you know, you know renegade or whatever. And it just like he almost took his mask off just to show like, hey, here's my face. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see more. I'm not convinced yet. Like he got the ultimate trump card to be a great heel, as we would say in wrestling, because he killed Han Solo. Right. So if you kill Han Solo, let's you, see what you got. That's a pretty big push to be an all time <laughs> yeah. great villain. But let's see where you go with it. So yeah. I don't know yet, but I want to see. I think in this that's one. the issue that I had. Mm-hmm. And not being a Star Wars fan, Star Wars fans that are listening can jump all over me. But I think. If you're going to bring back Harrison Ford after how many years and have him play this character, I think maybe I would have liked to see him pass in this film coming up rather than the last one. Just let it flesh out a little bit more in that relationship. It just felt like, okay, he wants to die in this movie, so here it comes. And I think that's exactly what it is, Nikki. I don't think there was any debate. I think it was like, I'll do one movie. That's it. I'm done. Right. And you're going to pay me $25 million. Right. That's the way it is. So, okay, we got him for one movie. Let's do the best we can with that. Yeah. And I, have you ever had Harrison on? Is, I just interviewed him, actually. I heard he's a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he does it on purpose. Listen, there was I don't know if you saw the viral interview that he did with this journalist from Britain that he no. and it, it just went like up to like five million views or something. And this journalist who I, I you, you see the same journalist on junkets yeah, sure, all the time. Sure. And I got ch- chatting with her during this junket that I did. We did for Fifty Shades. And I just thought she is the coolest chick. And then I just randomly come across this interview <laughs> where he is killing himself laughing. And I was that that person that went. I wanted to crack him and I didn't crack him. And then she got to, she got him, she got him, she got him because what happened was everybody, it was for Blade Runner. Everybody went into it going, I saw the original, did it about the original. And she sat down with Ryan and, and Ryan Gosling and, and Harrison and Ryan, she's like, Oh, look at these glasses sitting on the table. They're from the original. And Ryan goes, are you a fan? She goes, never seen it. And Harrison looks at her like, did she just admit that? And she's this big black woman and she just has this crazy, <laughs> amazing laugh. And she's like, never seen it. He's like, well, I appreciate your honesty. And just, she was too, she was so honest. because Everybody's trying to kiss his ass. Yeah. yeah. He's tough. I mean, I knew that going into it. I think I watched every interview he's ever done on YouTube to sort of know what to say, what not to say. He's a tough nut. He's a tough nut. He just doesn't. I but, don't think he wants to do press. I think that's how he gets off is just by being a bad interview. And yeah, well, here and here's what I will say. I don't know if you saw Blade Runner or not. If you're a fan of yet. Blade Runner, I want to see it. I see it. What I didn't see in Star Wars, which I saw in Blade Runner, was Harrison Ford acting, really investing in the acting. Oh, I see. And he and and again, I'm I'm obviously I have great respect for his work. He's an icon. He's done you know three of the yeah. biggest iconic roles in cinematic history but he's not my thing like star wars does really wasn't my thing blade runner really wasn't my thing i love them but they're not i got you not my passion but when i saw him act in blade runner i'm like that's why harrison ford was a star back then Mm -hmm. you went oh my god he had Mm -hmm. one line in this movie that i get goosebumps thinking about it i'm like that is a movie star that can just deliver it in a way that nobody else can and has that presence but see that's harrison ford too like you mentioned obviously Huge for Star Wars and Anna Jones and Blade Runner. Yeah. But, you know, you seem like in Witness, for example, or even like The Fugitive, some deep acting. And that's, I think yeah. he just, he made his most money on popcorn films. He knows exactly how to play them. It's probably very easy. It's coasting. It but is. But when he has to get dirty, he can do it. But here, but here's what he does is, you know, those actors like a Sean Penn or, you know, they're 
acting and you almost see the acting like you're like Whoa, they're acting but they're yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. harrison ford is a, he doesn't look like he's acting mm-hmm. there's effort there's an effortlessness about him like robert redford had that quality i felt yeah, like yeah, like I there's certain you. people that have that where they can just exist on camera and they're not doing too much but it's all there mm-hmm. and it doesn't it's just so simple there's yeah. like a simplicity to it that i just went oh my gosh you know what else i don't like uh name wise Ryan Gosling. I don't like that name, Gosling. You want to say Gosling, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it sounds like Goose like Gossage. Goss? Like Gossage. Goss, like a bandage? Like a bandage. <laughs> There's a picture from the 70s called Goose Gossage. It sounds like Ryan Gossage. What name do you like? Um, Nikki Novak's a cool name. That sounds like a comic book name. Like yeah, a, I could be a superhero. Yeah, you could be. Nikki Novak. Um, um, so, yeah, so Star Wars, I mean, like I said, we could debate this all day long, but I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I'm really happy 15th, to see it's gonna... uh, Mark Hamill. And then I'm also curious so to see what happens too. with Carrie Fisher. I think she probably filmed all her parts. She beforehand. did. She filmed all her parts. Okay. Um, they've also said that this will be the last one she'll appear in. They're not going to CGI gonna the her. They're not going to do that in the next one. Okay. This is going to be the is last time weird? you're going to see her. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing is like, how do you deal with it? Like, it was yeah. so unexpected. Yeah. It was so untimely. Like, how 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 do they address it? And and they've said we're we're not gonna. They got what they needed, and they don't have. to. Yeah, I mean, I think story wise, they would have liked her story to continue in the next one. Mm-hmm. So that's where they had your like rethink everything and rework everything but um i'm personally luke skywalker of all the characters that was like a lot of people are han solo fans Mm -hmm. but i'm the luke person luke was always really whiny in the the early ones now but now he's a badass jedi that's why i'm excited like i want to see him just oh yeah well because the thing about the force awakens to me the last five ten seconds was everything amazing Everything. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. What a great ending. What a presence he had. Yeah. And just that nostalgia. Like, you don't even have to and everything. be a fan. It's like, yeah. he's, he's, like, once again, like I mentioned with Harrison Ford, Han Solo dying. Like, you know, I saw Star Wars in the theater when I was six. So Luke Skywalker's been, you know, part of my life since I was six. So now that he's an old guy, I like that. Like, you know, I've seen the evolution of this character that's you know a real person and now he's old with a beard and he's like the wise old jedi and it's like i'm really excited to see yeah. how he plays don't it. you think too there's something to the fact that he didn't have a huge career after that he like didn't. that was what he was known for right. and you feel like at least from what i've seen is in he really appreciates this I th- and now i think yes now probably more than ever yeah you know like, like here he is whatever he is 60 years old or something even more probably and he's got this chance to once again be the hottest guy in hollywood and he's loving it yeah and he's milking it and he's loving it and he appreciates yes. it and he's not like oh you guys didn't love me for my other like he's not jaded at all i about told playing this slash way. that before the guns and roses and i said eventually you guys are gonna get back together just as buds i said because you guys created something that hardly anybody did and you you'll appreciate it more because you knew you got it so fast then it goes away and he said they're having the best really? time ever they're having like oh, he said, it's the best I'm tour we're doing this forever so, I mean, because you, you appreciate, you know yeah. how fleeting it can be. Yeah. So I think you're right about what Mark Hamill doing that. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to uh, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. What a great segue. <laughs> that was the that best segue the in history of um, history. Didn't even know. Um, oh, my gosh. So Jumanji was a movie, that Robin Williams, we talked about Robin Williams earlier, yeah. which was kind of a game, like a puzzle or something that unlocked like real life animals like zoo animals or something like that yeah so this so <laughs> this one this one's gonna be really fun so it's it's i mean look at the lineup the rock kevin hart, hart and jack, and jack black. black and so all three of them are funny and 
Okay, this opens December 20th. If you if you can say Christmas box office, <laughs> just yeah. put it next to this movie because that's going to be the one that's going to crush. So basically what happens is they're teenagers that are playing a video game and they have these avatars and then they get caught in the video game. So I think uh, Jack Black's character is like one of these like Instagram girls, like these hot little Instagram girls. Oh. And he ends up, she's playing like Jack Black, this, like her avatar. And she, the first, in the trailer they show, the first thing she sees of herself is she looks in the reflection <laughs> in a pond and she sees Jack Black and she goes, oh my God, I'm hideous. Um, which I don't think Jack's hideous. I actually think he's really cute. He's but, hilarious too. Um, uh, but yeah, so this, um, I mean, this is, what can you say? Well, I'll, here's what you can say. They're so confident it's going to be huge. They're going on a week after Star Wars. They're like, we'll, yeah. we'll take on Star Wars. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. Yeah. It's a totally different genre. So yeah. what they're going to, what they're counting on is people will either see, have already seen Star Wars or we'll see both. Oh yeah. Or and want something different and aren't into Star different. Wars at all. And this is what you're going to see Yeah. And so the, the Rock needs a good one after uh, Baywatch. I yeah, think. I you know that one that was just weird to me. Like that was such an anomaly because you had such a good cast and and The Rock. I think the mistake they made with that was making it R rated. Right. Because what they did was they were like, you know what, all these R rated comedies are doing so well, let's mm. make it R rated. But I don't think they went far enough with the R rated. Like if you're gonna go R rated, yeah, really make it R rated. Hangover. Yeah, but you know. when you have The Rock and Zac Efron. Make it so everybody can see it because that's who likes to see them right. is everybody, right. like every yeah. generation, every, you know. I agree. But, I mean, that's – once again, I mean, The Rock, he's very smart at the things that he picks. Yeah. And look at that cast. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And look what I wrote down. Will be big holiday comedy film regardless of how good it is. <laughs> and you're right. And we've seen The Rock and Kevin Hart good personalities. They did that movie together, uh, Community Property. Oh, oh, was that what the name Colossal was? Colossal Damage. Was it? I don't see. As you can tell from this podcast, I'm the worst with names. I just need you to say everybody's name for me. <laughs> I, am, I, I don't. I can't pull names. Collect, up. Collateral damage. Is that what it's called? Was Collective it? soul. Please tweet us at uh, Talk is Jericho and tell us what the name of the movie was that uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart were. We could Google it, but we're not going to. Both do that. and two of the nicest guys. Yeah. Yeah, and professionals too. Yeah, the rocks like that looks you in the eye. Yeah, and, uh, really fun. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I would say Jumanji is gonna be a good one. Yeah, it's gonna be a big um, one. We're gonna just do a couple more here as we wind down. I want to talk about downsizing. You do. I'm, oh yeah, I should know by now that you're gonna pick that one because I'm looking down at the list. I'm like, wow, you picked that one. Yeah, yeah not a picture first, a pitch perfect guy. So let's the pitch perfect. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It go, is what it is. Go see that. And have yeah. fun. But who cares? Uh, downsizing. What? Oh, they both have Kristen Wiig in them, though. I know. She's all over the place this winter. Do you remember Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Of course. So There's this like three is, of those bad boys. This is the 2017 version of it. They so, shrink themselves in order to deal with overcrowding of planet. <laughs> Two seventeen as the Honey Shrunk the Kids can just mention. So, so yeah. I will say, I will say, um, Matt Damon, who's done how many movies, and he's kind of our modern day, you know, Harrison like, like Ford new, in a way. I, I, Harrison Ford combined with a little bit of Tom Hanks. He's kind of an everyman at this point. Matt, and I think Matt Damon, Matt Damon is the everyman that can kind of do everything, right. though. Like, he can do the Jason, Jason Bourne, and he can do... Fat guy in uh, some suburban, Suburbicon. Suburbicon. But downsizing, he, he has gone on the record and said, this is the best script I ever read. Wow. Yep. And that's so they why they shrink down to get rid of overcrowding. Yeah, they sh they they're able to genetically shrink people down in size so they become like five inches high, and it's like it's it's people I, I, people who have seen it 
I say it's like one of the best movies of the year. Are they going to swim in a bowl of Cheerios like the uh, guys? <laughs> <did> in, <laughs> like the kids? Use them as little like life life rafts. <laughs> yeah, like, are they going to attack by dust moats? Like no clue. I haven't. I haven't seen it. That's why I said let's just mention it. But so it must be a comedy. With Kristen Kristen Wiig's in it. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. There's comedic elements to it for sure. Gotcha. Um, I did a movie with Kristen Wiig once. Did you really? MacGruber. Oh right. Yeah. She's and how was nice. she? Very friendly, very nice. Introduced yeah. me to her parents. Nice, yeah. Mr. And Mrs. Wig. Shout out if you're listening. Where are her parents from? Where is she from? I think she's from like New York or something okay. like this, maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, they were nice people. She was very nice. I noticed she had very thin hair. You're talking about being a hair person. Like, she's very thin. Like she needed some, uh, maybe just groups, just for that's just her, her, her style of people hair. People have told me I look like Kristen Wig. Mm, I don't think so. I've, Maybe I have more hair extensions. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be mean, but like you'd be a much prettier version of Kristen Wiig, and that's not like that's just like she's 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 kind of like a plain Jane, isn't she? Right? You know what I just realized too, and I completely forgot this. They were in The Martian together. They were. That was a good movie. Yeah, The Martian. I like that. What was Kristen Wiig in that? She was one of the. She was in. I don't think they had any scenes oh, together. Yeah, she was one of the uh, people on yeah. Earth trying to Which, help. Which to the me, that was the, the weirdest casting. Like of the whole family, I was yeah, like, "What's yeah, Kristen yeah. Wiig doing you there?" You see that sometimes, though. <laughs> like, what did I just see? Danny McBride in oh the new Aliens movie. The Aliens yeah. Covenant. Danny McBride's like one of the soldiers. But, like, and this what? is the thing. She was she was good in it, but it was just like, wow, that's an interesting it's a, choice because you're used to seeing her in these comedies. And well, maybe she wanted to branch out, and they said, "We'll give you this little." And chance. I think that's the thing about downsizing. I think it's kind of a mix of comedy drama. I think it's kind of both. Mm. Yeah. But I think I would like to see it. I think. Uh, uh, I'm a Matt Damon fan, like I said. He, he, I he doesn't too. make a lot of stinkers. He doesn't. But speaking as someone who never makes stinkers and being another great segue, The Post, listen to this lineup. Spielberg, Hanks, Streep. Can someone say Oscar? That's what I wrote in. Can That's, someone yeah. say Oscar? And then I wrote LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, absolutely. You, I mean, here's, but here's the question I have to ask. You know, you said it's totally under wraps this moment. You don't really yeah. know what it's about? or do you? Know well, you about? do. It's basically, it's a, based on a, it's a true story. Um, and it's, it's based, it's kind of like a spotlight. Do you remember how spotlight like uncovered yes. like what was going yes, on yes, in yes, the yes, church yes, and yes, the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. This sort of it uncovers, I guess it was the Washington Post that posted this thing called the Pentagon Papers. It was about the Vietnam Vietnam War. So it's a historical drama. But this movie is so under wraps. There's no trailer. Mm. There's no you can't you don't you know nothing about it other than everybody's gonna go see it. It opens on I think the twenty second. Yeah the twenty second. Here's the thing when you have this right. So you have like the three like how many Oscars between those three are or are great movies. Yeah. Sometimes like as you know, chemistry is everything. Is it too many like cooks in too the many pot. too many like master chefs in right, the kitchen yeah you know what i mean like no. you gotta have a, a grease cook in there somewhere no you think it's gonna be yeah. brilliant you know because i was like they wouldn't do it if it wasn't gonna that's be good with that lineup right that's what i think but it happens you're absolutely right it does happen dumb and dumber too <laughs> i love that you just picked it that one i'll tell you the reason why they waited 20 years to make this sequel and i'm like why would you do it unless it was going to be great and it was awful so how did that? How does that happen? Zoolander two, they waited so long to make a piece of crap. 
I don't know if I've ever seen well, that. Well, I think that's what people said about the Ghostbusters one, too. Oh. But that you had this lightning and you had these amazing, you had Kristen Wiig and Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. And Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. And how, and how, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And and Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids, the director, who did Bridesmaids yeah, yeah. and knows comedy. Like right. He also did Spy with Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. So he's worked with all these people and with before. Kristen, yeah, yeah. And how does that happen? But it, it just, look at, like, I always look at, you know... Baseball players go up to bat. How many times do they hit a ball out yeah, of ten? That's true. 10? Once in a while. It just you got you to you so stinker. Say, so you think Steven Spielberg might be a strikeout in this one? <laughs> not with Hanks and Meryl Streep. I, I, I feel Meryl Streep would like not accept it. Like maybe Hanks and Spielberg might be fooled into it, but Streep's too smart for that yeah, shit. No shit. <laughs> I think that should be the tagline of this of this whole podcast. Streep's, Streep's too, too smart, smart for, for that, that shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the hashtag that we'll go with. Um, so let's finish up with the one I want to ask you about, which we're talking about uh, the Phantom Thread. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that one? You don't want to talk about the greatest showman? Well, let's talk about that too. But I just, oh. want, to, I just want to briefly say Daniel Day-Lewis says this is his last film. Yes. Okay. So the fa- uh, I don't know when this is airing, but basically uh, the trailer just dropped for this movie today or right. a couple hours ago. Okay. And it's Paul Thomas Anderson – who, Boogie Nights. Yeah. And There Will Be Blood. He yeah. did that with Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, okay. Daniel um, Day-Lewis was not in Boogie Nights in case anybody Daniel Day-Lewis okay. was not in Boogie Nights that we know of. Yeah. Never know. He yeah, goes he, he goes so far into character. <laughs> he was actually he the Mark Wahlberg. The, actually, you thought it was Mark Wahlberg. He was in the orgy in uh, <laughs> scene number three. He's just that good. <laughs> yeah. um, so he has said that this is his last movie. And the trailer dropped today. And the only thing that we knew about this movie, that it was about a fashion designer. People didn't know if it was a fictitious one or a real-life fashion designer. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson is known for very stylistic, beautiful visual movies. Right. Absolutely. And Daniel Day-Lewis is known to be the best actor the of our generation. Actor, yeah. Um, I've heard so many stories about him over the years, just how far he goes into character and just, he's a method actor, mm-hmm. how he'll live on set in the house, but it's not right, even a right, house. Right, right. It's like a set, but he'll live there because he just goes so far into it. And so, so he plays a fashion designer and he, I guess, at this, it was really hard to tell a storyline from the trailer, but it almost looked like he gets caught up in this love story. Like he's very clinical, he's very methodical, and then he falls in love with this woman and it throws his life into complete turmoil. So if it sounds like I can't really tell what the movie is about from the trailer, I can't really tell what the movie is about. Other than in the two minutes and whatever number of seconds of trailer, you're just watching Daniel Day-Lewis go, oh my gosh. But here's what he said. He said, because <laughs> he goes so far into his characters that one of the reasons he's retiring is because now he wants to be a fashion designer. He's been inspired to become a fashion That's designer. That's awesome. I'm like, I love you. Did you ever see that Joaquin Phoenix movie where he wanted to be, he was, he, he, he was a rapper? And he went to, he got so far into character. Yeah, like he actually wanted yeah. to become a rapper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. So Daniel Day Lewis, the ultimate method actor, now wants to be a fashion designer. <laughs> it's not going to be a fashion designer. Interesting. I bet you he'll do something else. I mean, oh, for you know. sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, he's been a long time since he's done a film. Like, it's, yeah, you're right. It's there will been, be blood. And Paul Thomas Anderson one. too. I think hasn't done a movie in a little bit. Hmm. Um, I think Daniel Day Lewis longer, but it, yeah, he he hasn't done one in a while, and he says this is it. So you better go see it because it's not going <laughs> to be the, the last one. Time. The last Day Lewis you got. The last, uh, and we're well, the last one we got here. You brought it up. It comes out on Christmas showman. Day. The Greatest Showman. This, Hugh Jackman. I know you don't sound excited about this one because you skipped over it, but I do want to talk about okay, it. Okay, well, since you brought it up, so now I'm excited. Hugh Jackman of the uh, Zac Efron. Yep, Zendaya. Who's Zendaya? Zendaya is the Disney 
actress. She was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. No Did last name? That? It's just Zendaya. Mm. I can't wait to I see people are going to write in and say like. <laughs> I smell a rat with the Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this girl? Yeah, just look up her Instagram. Movie. She has like 45 million followers or something oh, like so that. she's one of those girls. <laughs> she's one of those. Maybe she'll transform into, form into Jack Black in this movie. I'm hideous. Um, or so maybe the, that's da- Daniel Day-Lewis. P.T. Barnum, the greatest promoter of all time besides Vince McMahon. Is that what you think? Well, I think that's, kind of, that's what people kind of say. So yeah, no, I'm, so it's 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 the it's the circus. It's the story of the circus, but it's really the origins of show business. Oh, and t- and, and there's a line in the movie in the trailer where um, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Hugh Jackman's character says to Zac Efron's character, um, he says something about show business, and Zac Efron says, "What's that?" And he goes, "I just invented it." And this nice. is going to be one of those feel-good movies of Christmas. And why do you say that? It's it's really the story, and I'm going to get like hate for saying this, but it's the story of like if you're different, that's okay. Mm. And like a lot of people have said, well, P.T. Barnum and the animal cruelty and the whole thing, and I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's really the story of the bearded lady and the person who's odd, and it all kind of coming together and the, the beginnings of the circus, the beginnings, the beginnings of, the show, of business. show business, yeah. and the cast like it's it like they they all sing in it. There's trapeze like mm. Zendaya, who you don't know, learn the trapeze. But the reason I'm excited about it, to me, there's no greater showman in Hollywood than Hugh Jackman. Really? Oh, okay. He, he sings, he dances. Yeah. Yeah, he just he's a he's you know we talk about like going to movies that you know you're gonna feel good I, to me he's a feel-good actor mm. you can't watch a Hugh Jackman movie yeah. and not love the guy you're right and such a nice dude and just I think this is going to be like his role this is the role that he was born to play that's a great point because I'm thinking about like I mean, I've seen him on Broadway or I know I, mean, I haven't seen him but I know he does Broadway shows yeah. and he actually hosted Raw WWE one time he's super friendly nice guy super into yeah. what he's doing that's because that's a good choice to play P.T. Barnum because he kind of has that you know vaudeville can do a little bit of everything completely by. and he sang in Les Mis I mean he, I thought he right. deserved the Academy Award for that performance I thought he was amazing Not maybe maybe Les this Miserable. one maybe yeah. he'll get an Academy yeah, Award yeah I mean I think the buzz on this one it's more of a I think initially people thought this was going to be the one that was going to sweep all the awards and win for best picture and I think what people are saying about it now is it'll definitely get nominated mm-hmm. but it's one of those like everybody's going to go see it and like it one of those universal likable right, films right, right. that Just everybody's like going to enjoy Exactly. So that's uh, what an amazing Christmas movie preview. You guys can choose whichever one you want to see. <laughs> Nikki, which one do you want to see the most out of these ones we've discussed? Oh, my gosh. It's like choosing children. <laughs> and I'm childless, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> None of them. I don't want to see any of them. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've seen some of them. Some of them I'm not allowed to say that I've seen. Okay. But um, I'm good. I mean, honestly, I'm going to say the greatest showman is the one. I, and I'm, I mean. really actually mean it. I, really I want to see, see the, the Last Jedi, but the, yeah. the sleeper that I want to see is Disaster Artist uh, with the Franco. Yes, yeah. Jedi's Jedi Jedi's my close second. Je- Jedi's your second, and, yeah. and Showman's your first. Okay. Yeah, uh, amazing. We did it. We did After it. After all this time of talking about We've it, we did it. We've been talking about doing this This is the greatest movie review of all time. Chris Helmsworth. <laughs> hosted, and- hosted by Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> and Zendaya. <laughs> and now, Reflections with Raven. A penny saved is a penny earned. And a person cremated 
is also a person earned. For more Reflections with Raven, listen to The Raven Effect on the Jericho Network via the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts. All right, Raven's doing his stand-up on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. Remember, 150 bucks holds your cabin at chrisjerichocruise.com. We're setting sail next October 27th, 2018. If you book your cabin by January 15th, only a couple months left for that, you'll get a picture of me with the list. And if you book one of the first 400 cabins, you can be part of a huge Q&A with me. And you'll be able to come hang on the ship with all these incredible guests. All the meet and greets are free. All the signings are free. Everything on the ship is free. And we just announced this week with the Sea of Honor tournament by Ring of Honor, the Young Bucks have been announced. The Young Bucks will be there. Two of the biggest stars in the history of uh, Ring of Honor and two of the biggest stars in the world today will be there on the Sea of Honor tournament in the middle of the ocean for the first time ever. Matches are happening at sea in the middle of the ocean. Joining hosts Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, plus these Hall of Famers Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Ray Mysterio will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Killing the Town will be there. Keeping it 100 with Conan, Disco Inferno, and Shane Helms. Dave and Tim from Beyond the Darkness. Uh, Brad Williams will be there doing comedy. Ron Frunches, Jim Brewer. Busted Open Radio will be there. Fozzie's on the Rock and Roll Bill. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. King, The Dives featuring Evan Stanley. The Dive, Dave Spivak Project. That's Speed. We heard his music here before. Jim Brewer's also got a great rock and roll band. The Loud and Rowdy will be here. The Darlings of Rock and Roll, the Cherry Bombs, will be here. Shoot the Thrill, the world's best female ACDC cover band. Blizzard of Ozzy, the world's best Ozzy Osbourne cover band. And, of course, Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor tournament. Winner gets a world title shot for Ring of Honor, and the Young Bucks will be a part of that. Who else will be involved? More announcements to come as we get ready to rock this. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Get your cabin now. Uh, ever since the announcement of the Young Bucks, the uh, cabins have been going through the roof. So don't wait. Some of the decks have already sold out. Do not get left behind. I know it's all, almost a year away, but still, that comes by quick. So thank you so much for uh, checking out. Thank you for listening. Keep listening. Uh, and keep supporting our sponsors. DDPyoga.com. Go to DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. Take advantage of the exclusive offer for you sexy beast. Talk as Jericho listeners. WWE 2K18 to see the whole game roster. Discover all the great special features. Add it for this edition. Go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K18 is out now. Get yours today. And don't forget about True Car. You can save money, save time, and get the best new car available on the market and the used cars as well. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and coming up on Wednesday. He's here divulging the reason why he left the WWE, his first official interview since leaving the WWE this summer, Austin Aries, the greatest man who ever lived. No longer with WWE, and you're going to find out why right here on Talk is Jericho. It gives us the exclusive. He's hilarious. Austin Aries is telling his story right here on Wednesday. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and big yeah, boy.